Welcome to episode 203 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto guys, welcome along to episode 203 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles, but it's actually just Bevan James Isles in the studio by myself. Uh, this week's show is going to be a little bit different because John's up in Kaiteri doing the family holiday and we kind of hooked up a couple interviews so we thought we'd just chuck those on, give John a week off and uh, I'll keep working because, you know, that's how I roll. But before we get into that, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii for the world's best coffee. And also, athlinks.com, check out your social networking and race results on athlinks.com. So, a couple of weeks ago, we had an interview of Cam Brown, the nine times winner of Ironman New Zealand, and uh, we're going to chuck that interview up pretty soon. And then, just before, I did an interview of Kieran Doe, uh, both of them, both New Zealand athletes, and uh, along with Terenzo, probably our, our three strong uh, I'm in triathletes at the moment, so uh, it's really good to get those two boys on the show today. So I'm pretty much going to put that on straight right, right away now, and uh, we'll get rolling. So just one thing to note, in the Cam Brown interview, his mic quality wasn't the greatest, and I tried to fix it up, but uh, I kind of struggled with it, to be honest. So you can hear him, but it's not the greatest. Uh, in Kieran's interview, it's fine. So anyway, we'll put Cam on first, and we'll do Kieran second. Here we go. Okay, on today's show, we've got... Nine time, Iron nine time, nine best ever. time Iron Man New Zealand champion Cameron Brown. Welcome along to the show, Cameron. Yeah, thanks, mate. Hey, um, obviously it was a, a, a big race again this year in Taupo, and um, you performed exceptionally well. Going into the race each year, that the buzz always seems to be the same. You know, although you got somebody coming up to challenge you, whether it's Trenzo, whether it's Kieran Doe, whether it's guys from overseas. This year's approach to Taupo, was it was it any different for you or was it pretty much business as usual going into the race? Um, yeah, I probably always feel like I'm the underdog actually going into the race. Sort of, sometimes you get written off that, you know, your time's up, you're going to get beaten. So it's always, always, um, always inspires me though because I have fuel on the fire for training for that, uh, that final eight weeks. So. Uh, it's funny in saying that, isn't it? Because it's like last five years, every year it's like, you know, can Cam still do it? You know, every year they're like, oh, someone else is coming along and, you know, this is the year he's going to go down. But, you know, how, what, how does that affect you leading into the race? Um, oh, no, it's, it's good for me because, yeah, as I said, it just, it just puts uh, fuel in my fire and I'm able to, you know, train pretty um, pretty hard on just um, just that motivation. So, it's you know, it's, it's quite nice in, in some ways. It just uh, you, know, you need you need motivation from all directions, so it's uh, it's good. Like you know, you had that year where you got second because the race day was just a bit crazy, kind of crazy and stupid. Do you kind of you know? I know obviously you're going to come back next year for the ten, but do you kind of kick yourself that you haven't got the ten because of that? Uh, oh, I mean, I'd love to have ten now, but um, you know that day was just a, a day that was you know hopefully it never happens again because it was just chaos that that swim was just you know had surf conditions out there and people would have probably drowned so you know it's, it's a shame but uh, you know you just hope that you know Talpa never throws up weather like that again yeah so, so talk us through a bit of your day this year um firstly the swim yeah i was watching it online uh it really looked like the guys dropped the hammer in the swim maybe just talk us through how your swim went uh yeah i mean i was, I was just hoping to have a good swimmer, you know, needed to get on those 
um, you know, especially Torenzo's um, feet, and um, but, you know, with Kieran there, he, he was wanting to, you know, have, have a real hard swim, and they they just took off too quickly, and I just missed the feet, and, and that was it. They were gone, and um, probably thought I was a lot closer than what I what I was. I, you know, thought I was sort of a minute and a half down, really, but um, it's a bit of a shock when I got out of the water. You know, seeing that I was four minutes down to Kieran and three minutes down to Torenzo, so it had me a bit worried um, quite early on. It was, uh, yeah, not a nice feeling. You know, an hour into the race when you when you're that far down. Did you, did you notice? Um, you know, because it was such a small profile this year in comparison to other years, did that affect your swim as well? Because you know, you may not be able to stay with Kieran and Doe, but normally there'd be other swimmers to swim with. Was that noticeable? Oh, you definitely definitely. Normally, you know, you get dragged along. You know, last year you had you know Torenzo and Dirk Bockel and Jan Raphael and. The whole, you know, you know Stephen Bayless, so, you know, he had five or six guys and you know, a couple of other good, good swimmers there. So, you know, he was able to get dragged along. And um, but yeah, when, when it's a, a very, very small field like that, um, you, you just really have to, you know, you have to show a lot of concentration. And, and um, but you know, again, you know, I don't want to blast myself in that swim and couldn't afford to, you know, appear into a phenomenal swimmer. And sometimes you get, you know, you let those guys go, you know. But, They've got to do their own pace, and, and he was off the road, and that was it. Yep. So onto the bike, I mean, people who who just watched or, or just looked at the results would probably think, oh, it was um, you know the guys were riding together, and and you know, maybe a little gap opened up. But for the people that actually watched the coverage, it was um, it was quite an interesting day. So you know, on the bike, the first lap, you were losing losing time to to Terenzo. Um, were you riding at your normal pace and your normal sort of output? Or was Terenzo on a mission, or how was that sort of playing out for you in terms of the the ride through the first lap? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was riding well. I, mean, I was uh, I was up at you know, sort of two hundred and ninety watts for that first ninety k's, and um, I mean, you know, I was I was riding comfortably, but um, you know, if I'd gone harder and gone at the pace he'd gone, then yeah, I would I would have blown. So I knew, you know, I think that race always starts at one hundred and thirty k's, and I just uh, held back and. Um, Lucky, I mean, I caught Kieran, sort of 55 came to the bike ride and he just uh, got on the back and, and that was um, that was where he sat the whole day. But uh, <laughs> it was pretty much um, the time trial for me, you know, throughout the whole day. You know, I swam by myself, rode by myself and run, ran by myself. So. When you're out there, you know, Torenzo was kind of gaining some time on you, you know, you're an experienced athlete and so I suppose Torenzo is as well. Were you surprised how fast you're going? Were you thinking, yeah, he's definitely going to blow, or were you a little bit concerned? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I was getting real concerned. You know, I really thought you know, my title hopes were over at sort of 100 k's when you know the, the lead was seven and a half minutes. Um, you know, I really thought that, that, that was it. Um, you know, I mean, I was, I was riding well, and I think it's, it's quite amazing, you know, how much time you can lose you know, well, you know, at any stage of the bike race through the through the first 90 or through the last 90, uh, you know, took a big time out of them, you know, went from sort of seven and a half minutes down to um, a minute at the end. So it was pretty pleasing when those times start coming back down and, and, and I, mean, I, was, I felt good through the whole bike riding and, um, you know, just to maintain that, that time to, um, you know, that I was doing the riding that I was doing, I felt, you know, it was, it was pretty pretty good pace and, you know, that was pleasing and you just get those splits, every split was more positive and you sort of feed off that. Yeah. Um, it must have been the Avanti Chrono and uh, <laughs> certainly pulling you through, crushing them on that. You know, it's, yeah. it's a good bike. It was, it was. You know, it's, uh, it's quite amazing on Sports Hub to 
make people thought I was going to go, you know, slow on this new bike, but it was fantastic. You know, it's the Indian, not the arrow. You've got to, um, you know, it's your position on the bike. It's important, and you know, it's the fastest bikes for ever. So nice. you know, I'm very happy on the, you know, the Armani Chrono. It's, it's been great, and you know, they're a company that's growing, and it's going to be um, the, this uh, 2011 bike is yeah, watch out for that. It's going to be pretty awesome. Cool. Positive. Um, we we surprised that Kieran didn't go for it as well. You know, traditionally Kieran in New Zealand kind of swims like an animal, goes crazy like on the, on the bike, and uh, you know probably could have stayed with uh, Terenzo. Were you surprised he didn't stay up? Um, yeah, I, I knew well, going into it. You know, he had a plan of um, uh, he really needed to put one on the board. You know, he's, he's had a great race in Canada. You know, a couple of years ago winning that, but uh, the last couple of years have been pretty bad for him. So he was, you know, he spoke to Matt Burke and Matt Burke said just. You know, followed Cameron Brown the whole day, and and um, he actually stuck stuck to that plan, and you know it worked out brilliantly for him. He, um, you know, I think he had a very very good race, and you know, he just needed to he really needed to put one on the board, and, and he did that. So he'll he'll gain a lot of um, confidence from that. Mm, nice. Yeah. A lot of people ask us what um what we eat on the bike. What what do you have when you're out there on the bike in terms of your nutrition? Like a give us a, a fairly full rundown of what you'll eat during the 180k ride. Um, pretty much, I, I have all my nutrition myself, so um, I have all my balance nutrition. So, you know, uh, I have two bottles to start with, um, the uh, restore energy drink. And I pick up another two at uh, special needs, you know, 90k into the bike ride. And then it's just a matter of picking up, you know, your, your odd water, um, you know, Coke. Um, I have two, two bottles of Coke out there as well. You know, you're not drinking the whole lot, but you're, you're taking, um, Quite a bit down, probably 500 mils every time in that bottle, um, and then uh, 12 gels on the bike. Mm-hmm. Not a, but the, I don't have a lot of solids out there. I sort of always found that you know that the gels straight into your blood system, and you know, whereas you know you have a, if you're having a lot of sort of solid food, then you know break, you have to your stomach has to break it down, and you know that takes consumes energy. So with those gels, it's straight into the body, and, and then you know the odd banana as well. You know, it's easy to digest a banana. And um, yeah, you know, a few of those gels, four of those gels, with caffeine on the bike as well. Yeah. And then yeah, just actually put in a um, um, some jet plane lollies on the on oh, uh, nice. the uh, mid stage of the bike. Just you know, just something. I think by that stage, you you just need something that's going to pick you up, and um, you know, you do it in training, so you know. It works in training, so you know you have to try it and do it in racing as well. And so that was quite a nice uh, little treat to have ten little jet plane lollies. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that was that was the plan on the the, the bike ride, and yeah, it all went well. And I think um, you know uh, through that last ninety k's, you know, I didn't really slow down much, and that nutrition was just bang on this year. Good. And um, so coming off the bike, you, obviously the gap was really closing down to to Renzo, and you you weren't too far behind at all um, heading into <coughs> the run. What, what was your tactic going into the run? Were you thinking, right, I'm just going to do my race or I'm going to try to smoke past Terenzo or what What were you thinking at the start of the run? Yeah, it's a, sort of, um, there's a few scenarios going through the head really, you know, you're not, um, you're pretty worried because, you know, Terenzo's a former half Ironman world champion so the guy can run and he's um, an incredible runner so initially it was, uh, the, the time gap came down pretty quickly through that first out and back section in town sort of it went from the minute just down to 30 seconds and, and then by um, 6k I caught him um, and it was just going up a hill um, one of the first you know they're, they're not big hills but they're 
they take its toll, you know, when you're running them in the 42k. So um, just through there, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to open up a little gap and see how he uh, reacts. And there was no reaction from him at all. So that's when I thought, well, you know, he's hurt me for the last six hours. So I need to put the pain back at him and see, you know, see if he's going to budge. And luckily, um, you know, I was able to get a little gap and um, sustain that and, but yeah, pretty much stayed very, very close for probably the next five, six Ks. You know, it was, I think I got to the 30, 40 seconds and then it went to a minute. And it wasn't until later in the late stages that, you know, the run that uh, it really opened up. Do, do, what about eating on the run? Do you, do you pretty much stick to a similar thing? Are you just kind of coke and sugar to the end? Yeah, it's pretty much, um, you know, I think it's what your body's sort of trying to survive on is, you know, mentally you're really starting to tire up and, uh, I think your, your brain starts needing some sort of caffeine, and uh, so yeah, it was pretty much for me. It's straight on to the the coke and, and the, uh, the you know, water to every aid stations. Uh, yeah, I've always put my fuel belt on, so it's, um, you know, I have two um, two lots of Red Bull and and, and those um, nice. drink bottles there. So yeah, you know, they're <laughs> again high in caffeine and that. So trying to get those wings, eh? Can't yeah. sleep for a week after that dose. Yeah. Uh, Hey, so Cam, so you, you know, like you are towards the last part of your career, and, and I, like, does this, things change in the last period where you know, you're, are you doing things different to gain speed, uh, or is it just that this endurance that you've built up all the years is, is giving you a bit more speed? You know, like obviously this year you've had your fastest bike split ever, um, or, or has your training changed recently to accommodate, you know, for the you know, without kind of being offensive, the aging body? Yeah, oh, definitely. In the last two years have been. Um, you know, quite shocking with the old injuries that gone from, you know, plantar fascia to start with, and then, um, you know, two calf tears and, uh, and Achilles. So, yeah, it's been um, a bit of a problem the last few years. So, I mean, I don't train as much as I used to, um, under the Molina days. You know, it was, um, you know, nearly a thousand K, K weeks on the bike, but, uh, it was probably essential really to, you know, he sort of kick started how, you know, I needed to train harder when I uh, first started in Ironmans and, I didn't train enough, so but yeah, you don't do those. You know, I'm 37 now, and I just don't need to do those sort of those that mileage now. It's it's more about um, you know real hard steady state sessions and bringing Camerons, you know, you know um, with the SRMs. It's you, know, you just know exactly how you're going, what you're doing, and I'd uh, be lost without that um, SRM now. So it's you know, crucial for me to, to have that and. Um, you know, biking is the biking's going really well, and um, it, you know, it's you're only looking at it for a few minutes, but I'm running, you know, a lot better off those those bike rides as well. Yeah. Cool. Hey, and one other question I've got, just regarding the race, um, you know, you've won Tapos a lot, a lot of times, nine times. Um, it's a lot of times. <laughs> it's a lot of times. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, really. We so, some years it's hard to tell if you've gone maximum or not. Like this year. Um, did you go all out? Obviously, you had a bit of a lead. Um, did did you have a bit more on the tank there um, in the closing stages of the run, or was that pretty much everything you had on the day? Uh, no, no, there was a lot more. You know, I think if you were pushed and someone was running side by side, then um, yeah, you'd go a lot quicker. But um, yeah, everyone's starting to hurt, and um, you sort of look at the um, the next couple of weeks. You know, if you you know you could easily run a little bit quicker, but. You know, if, when you've got the lead, well, it's no use pushing it and just yeah. smashing yourself, so you're going to be absolutely kaput. So yeah. it's um, about looking after yourself when you, when you do have a lead like that. And, um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, still buggered, but uh, there's no need to just push on and, 
it's just about uh, maintaining your, your rhythm and, and trying to stop any cramps coming on and, and just um, trying to relax as much as possible and just enjoy that last part. So, um, so, you know, nine wins in the same race is just, you know, freakish really, but over the over the years, what have, are there any races in particular that really stand out as the highlights for you? Um, probably the first one, you know, it was a dream come true really when that first Ironman in 2001 and um, yeah, probably just the way I did it, passing Peter Sandvang sort of 2k to the finish, but because you know, when I was a junior, that, I used to go down and watch, um, you know, when the race was down in St. Helier's in Auckland, it was, um, yeah, it was just a great day for you know, a lot of guys do it now, it's, it's just a neat day to watch, and um, but yeah, I mean, they're all special in some parts, and, and you sort of uh, you appreciate them more now because of uh, you know, the, the older you get, you, you really do, you appreciate things, you don't take things for granted probably when you're younger. But nowadays, it's about um, you know, really appreciating those wins. You know, you've been, you've been around for a while. You, as a pro, has much changed as being a pro, you know, 10 years ago to now? Or is it pretty much the same kind of day-in, day-out thing? Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, people just think you go out there and train and, and that's it. But it's, you know, it's been, been my only ever job since I left school. So it's, um, you know, it's about being on the computer for, you know, sort of a couple of hours a day talking to your sponsors and, and looking after them and, and um, you know, it's far more than just, you know, you're a travel agent, you're a, yeah. you're a, you're a manager, um, you know, you're, you're just constantly 24-7 about triathlon, but, you know, it's got a good balance now because, you know, you're married and I've got two kids and so it's really nice to have that balance outside of the sport and get away from it. Yeah, totally. So what's the plan for the rest of the year? You know, last year was, um, last few years you've tried different things. You've done Ironman Germany one year, you didn't do it another year. What's the sort of um, go for the rest of the year? Uh, look, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back to Germany in July. Um, you know, try and wrap yourself up in cotton wool sometimes. And, and you know, um, injuries take place like last year. You know, didn't do Germany. I wanted to just uh, race short course, but, um, you know, had a misfortune of Hawaii with, you know, being stung by be the night before and your back swelling up. So, yeah, I just, I'm just wanting to go back to the old um, old style. And, and, you know, I love going back to Germany. It's a fantastic race. And, um, and then, you know, the focus will be on preparing for Hawaii. Just in, um, just looking at my bases now, where, where I'll go for that. And um, just initially it was, you know, I just wanted to get Taupo out of the way. You know, I had to re-qualify for, for Kona. And um, I've done that now. So it's, yeah, I can enjoy a few more weeks. And it's... Nice to have that pressure off. How gutted were you before Kona last year, mate? You know, I don't know how prepared you were for the rest of them. I'm sure you're pretty prepared well. You know, were you just, did it just break your heart? Oh, yeah, then you you know, it's not like short course where you can race the next week. No, that's it. The the rest of the year, you know, you go, if you go and do a race like uh, Florida, you know, a few weeks later, but, you know, for me, it's all about Kona and um, mentally you're just fried after that. You just don't want to, when you have something like that happen, you know. You just have to get on with it and accept it and, and then prepare for, um, you know, the season ahead. So, uh, yeah, but it does it really, you know, oh, it will inspire me now for the next seven months to train hard for that. You know, I really want to get back on that podium and um, I, know, I know I can. I've just got to, um, you know, go into that race and, and, um, and the shape that I do for New Zealand every year and uh, hopefully we can have some good success again. Yeah, um, obviously, there's, there's a new pro card system in place. Uh, I wouldn't imagine it's affecting you too much. Do you, do you think it's a, a good move or, or not a good move in terms of um, the overall sort of pro movement? 
Oh, yeah, now affects me because I have to pay for insurance now. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you don't, but yeah, I mean, you know, it costs, you know, before you had free entries and now, you know, you're forced to pay $750. Yeah. Um, US, so, you know, but, uh, it's, it's, it's bad for, you know, guys that are just wanting to, um, you know, do one event, you know, they might want to do one uh, 70.3 race and you're forced to pay $750. You know, dollars. So it's, it's not good for them, but if you're racing a lot, then, you know, it's not too bad. So, um, but, you know, hopefully we'll see um, a lot more um, anti-doping tests. Um, you know, in New Zealand, um, we had probably the, the most we've ever had, so that's, that's great. So hopefully every race now has got a lot of drug testing, and, um, you yeah, know, that's why the program was set up. So I just hope that, you know, it's going to be like that. And if we can see every race being tested, then, you know, that, that's great for the sport. As, as a top pro, you know, you're one of the top pros in the world, really. Do you have much of a relationship with WTC, or do you just kind of pretty much deal with race directors? Uh, no, you, you pretty much you race, deal with the race directors. Um, and, um, you know, that's, those are the people that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. And, and so, yeah, it's never really with, you know, WTC. It's only, you know, when you, you know, going to Hawaii, you have a a little bit in the season there, but uh, yeah, it's just on race directors that you go to the races with. That's it. And the, the big question that I guess you probably get asked quite a few few times. So, I mean, so we'll ask it as well. So we'll ask it as well. <laughs> um, how many more years do you think you've got? I see you signed a, a sort of multi-year deal with um, Avanti. I mean, um, are you sort of announcing how many years more you think you've got, or are you just taking it year by year at this stage? Uh, oh, I mean, you know, a real passion, love for the sport, and you know, I'm not slowing down. Um, uh, you know, keep getting faster. So that you know, that's that's a great thing. Um, three minutes off my record this year at New Zealand, but it was you know, probably a very very tough day and you know, with those wind conditions. So and as you're saying, you weren't pushed. So so um, you know, still getting quicker. And um, you know, when you have those sort of days, then you know, you, you just keep keep going. And um, you know, when I when that enjoyment stops, then that's time to get out because it's just, it's, the training's just too hard to. If you're not enjoying it, you, you've got to stop. Uh, you know, I'm uh, very, very motivated, and that's the, the key factors really: staying injury-free, free, and being um, having that motivation there. Do you, um, do you think post Ironman? Do you know? Do you, do you think of a life after Ironman? And if so, do you have any ideas of what that will be? Um, oh, you know, yeah, I hope to work with um, you know, some of the sponsors I've been with. You know, some of them in Oakley you've been with for you know 20 years, so hopefully you can have some sort of relationship with them and. And, um, but, you know, it's a, it's a long time off, and um, when that time comes, I'll have to really start thinking about it. But um, at the moment, um, you know, I'm not going to uh, retire from the sport, but it's been a fantastic um, journey, and I've, you know, um, tried to look after myself as much as I can and, and, and set myself up for those later years. So, um, you know, I'm not complaining about anything, really. It's been. Um, pretty neat to have your dream come true and be a professional athlete for the last sort of 20 years. Awesome. I think... Oh, uh, no, just quickly. You, 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 no, no, no. Next year, it's going to be the 10. Um, how do you feel about that? You go, you know, like how, how important is that going into next year? You know, that is just unprecedented in our sport, you know, for someone to win the same race 10 years in a row. Do you, does that already make you nervous or is that just a, a challenge that you're excited about doing? Um, oh, yeah, I mean, um, probably New Zealand racing New Zealand, I probably get the most nervous actually out of all, all the Ironmans because it's, there's that expectation every year. So, um, you know, it's, I'm quite, um, relieved it's, you know, it's all over. So next year's probably going to be, uh, 
quite a uh, challenging year, you know, and, um, you know, might have to pay Torenzo off to, you know, get that 10th win. So, you know, you, you, um, there's going to be, no doubt, you know, a, a good field and, um, but yeah, it'll be uh, pretty exciting if, if I could do that, but, you know, touch wood. Yeah, we're definitely cheering you on. Yeah, it's crazy to think when you're saying how you won the first one in 2001. You know, like you know, you're still winning it. Like it's awesome. Awesome. Hey, um, so all fantastic race, and um, we'll be looking forward to you make us you make us proud, mate. And we'll look forward to progress yeah. in Germany, and uh, and then on time, uh, Kona. So all the best for the rest of your season. Thanks very much, Brian. Cool. There's Cam Brown, the, the mad legend that he is. Uh, I bloody hope he gets that, that tenth Ironman because I think that'd be just a pretty phenomenal achievement. But uh, one person who will be pushing at his toes next year is Kieran Doe, and uh, here is Kieran Doe right now with uh, his views on all things Ironman. Here we go. Uh, so on the show today we have Kieran Doe, aka Doe Boy, and uh, he's obviously had a big couple of weeks just gone by because he's got third in Ironman New Zealand, but more importantly he's just got married, mate. Congratulations. Thank you. Where, where did you end up getting married? Uh, up on uh, Mangawai, you know, parents have got a, a property up there, so it's beautiful. And did you do the big honeymoon? Yeah, we uh, we hired a camper van and went up uh, up up the coast, up through the Bay of Islands, all the way up to Cape Baranga for five nights. Uh, the big question, I suppose, I've got that comes to mind right now is, being a you know a pro triathlete, when you're on your honeymoon, do you still train a lot? No, I haven't done anything for uh, for three weeks. I uh, yeah, I ate lots, uh, put my feet up, went for a few. Uh, the surf and a bit of fun and that was about it nice nice so you're feeling ready to go <laughs> yeah started back started back yesterday oh cool hey mate so first of all i thought we'd probably start off today's interview just finding a little bit more about your history uh, leading <coughs> up into your ironman career do you want to tell us what got you into triathlon and what was your athletic history you know leading up to that uh a few sports i was a swimmer uh, i competed as a swimmer right up until uh 17 um, you know, national level stuff. Uh, played r- rugby and um, played quite a bit of squash as well. And then, so what pulled you towards uh, triathlon? Uh, I sort of, I guess, my top two sports at that stage were swimming and rugby. And I dropped rugby, carried on swimming for a bit, and then, and then decided uh, about seventeen, I'd, I'd had enough of it. But I, I still wanted to do something that sort of involved swimming, so uh, I gave a triathlon a crack and did pretty well in the first couple and I think the third one I did I managed to qualify for the world junior champs so I was like oh <laughs> this is where it's at yeah <laughs> carried on and so you obviously were doing short course and Olympic course for a while but at what point did you turn to Ironman uh, I think my last Olympic official sort of Olympic distance was uh, 2003 the, the world uh, champs in Queenstown and and after that I decided to go to the long course you know I was a, naturally quite a, a strong biker good swimmer and I wanted to be able to use use that ability in, in the ITU stuff, you know, obviously you don't get to use your biking the same as you do in the, the non-drafting event. Yeah, yeah. So was it a bit of a big learning curve going to Ironman, or did, were you pretty, uh, how'd you find that? Oh, no, definitely, I mean, I'm still learning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think you can ever, you know, you can never stop learning from it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a process and takes quite a few years uh, to develop that, that strength endurance and uh, learn how to race them properly, uh, you know, you can't not like a short distance race where you can go hard and if you you blow up you don't have far to go um, or you know you can sort of you can fake your way through an Olympic distance or a half Ironman but if you haven't done the work for an Ironman uh, yeah. there's nowhere to hide you know we talk about this learning in your career you know there's, there's been some critics of it you know because you seem to be you seem to have had a very up and down you know you've had some pretty amazing achievements and then you've had some other races where it's just gone custard how have you handled the emotional side of that as an athlete 
Um, in the last 18 months have been the toughest. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you, as an athlete, uh, when you know the races you've had and, and how good you can perform and things aren't going how how you want them to be or, or should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, or a, a couple of bad training sessions here and there, uh, you know, that affects everything. Um, your, your moods when you come home and yeah. uh, your confidence levels, you know, uh, just... Yeah, it just was like a roller coaster, you know, affects all all stages of your life. We, we noticed in Ironman New Zealand, <clears throat> you really had a, a change in the strategy. You know, up to this point in your career, you've really gone with you know swim hard, bike hard, and, and maybe you not that you're a bad runner, but you know survive the run and, and hopefully that pulls it off for you on the day. And whereas in New Zealand, I, I, I was really interested watching your race to see that you didn't really go with Terenzo. What was the change? Uh, it's like. I was saying, you know, the last 18 months have been tough. I hadn't really put a good result on the board for a while, so it was about taking, a, you know, sort of two steps back to take one step forward, and, and uh, the whole the whole goal six weeks out was to get to the start line and, and just put it, put together a solid, you know, a solid day and a solid race. And at the end of the day, I swim good enough and bike good enough that if I put together a good run, I'm going to have a good finish. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds simple, and it is kind of simple, really. Uh, it's just about, you know, putting that race together. Yeah. And I think it's important for me to, um, you know, I, I can can run, and it's important for me to to uh, show people that I I could do that and show show myself, you know, that I could uh, put a good performance on by just running good. Did it feel different on a day? You know, like, you know, because you know you're out, you're a mean cyclist, you know, and so the fact that you probably didn't go to that limit you normally go to, did it make a difference in your run? Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, well, I guess I put together the best run I've had in an Ironman, so it definitely made a difference. Uh, it was a completely different day for me. Uh, it was hard letting Terenzo right off into the distance. Yeah, yeah. Like when I saw that, I was like, wow, this. Uh, I, I even thought you were having a bad day. Obviously, there was a change in strategy because, you know, I was, I was surprised by that. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people did. You know? <laughs> I'm not thinking of having a, another bad day or something, but, um, you know, it was all part of the plan. and and uh yeah I just once once Cameron got there he you know he doesn't ride slow so it was yeah. still uh, that second lap of the bike there was yeah. a couple of periods there where I was still hurting yeah. <laughs> um but it was just uh you know 180 k's such a long way to to ride on your own yeah. to ride hard and, and get off and, and run fast you know you get off and you've got dead heavy tired legs and it's a 42 k slog um you know whereas this time I was able to keep those legs a little bit fresher um, get off the bike and I had some bounce in the legs really so you didn't notice a huge difference did you no I got off the bike and I had leg speed and it was bouncy and strong yeah. I was like oh the K was like 336 342 oh, really? I was like oh jeez like, oh, what's happening <laughs> you know it was completely different uh, obviously you still have some bad spots yeah. um, but it was um, yeah much much Different, different race how, much do, how much do you think it actually changed the dynamic of the race? You know, like if you had gone with Terenzo, uh, you know, Terenzo obviously would have had a, an easier ride because he wouldn't have had to do it all by himself, and you obviously could sit with Terenzo. Uh, you, you know, do you think that would have changed the outlook of the race? You know, you may have blown, but do you think Terenzo could have stayed away from Cam, or do you think you may have had a good run? Or um, yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about it really. Uh, it wasn't an option for me for that race. Uh, we'd, we'd set a plan and. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to execute that plan and, and prove to myself that I could do that. And uh, so, so I never really thought about that as such. Um, 
you know, I, like I said, I just needed to get a, a good race back on the board, get some confidence again, um, to get things moving, and, and, and then, you know, I had some exciting things coming up with the, the wedding and having a good break, and then start fresh again, uh, you know, this week. And so, I suppose just before we move off the subject, but is it is it hard to pull away from the thing that is your natural strength? You know, like your natural strength is swim bike. You know, obviously it worked because you had a good race day, but still, was that a tough thing to do? Yeah, I think uh, sometimes your, your strengths are your biggest weaknesses. Okay, great. Um, and yeah, yeah, definitely when you you know that you can uh, swim this fast or bike this much harder and, and get a lead here, uh, yeah. It, makes it harder but it's nice knowing that if I can uh, you know the next year we've got race a bit to a plan and, and develop consistent running uh, it's always nice knowing that I've still got those weapons there if I need to use them you know if the yeah. opportunity, opportunity presents itself during a race where there's you know a couple of other good bikers that I can go away with um, then you know it's good to know that I can it's there to use Has, has there been a change in your training now? Like um you know, you know. Obviously, there seems to be a shift in your thinking and how you're going to be heading towards races. Is there now a shift in your training to cater to that? Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, I've had some illnesses and some couple of crashes and all sorts over the last couple of years. Uh, and since I won Ironman in Canada 2007, yeah. shit, geez, <laughs> too long ago. <laughs> you know, I was 25 when I won that, and I just don't think I've 25. Wow. Yeah, you know, over the last you know two two and a half years, I, I haven't progressed and developed further from that you know haven't kicked on from that a lot yeah. um due to a lot of things but uh i think it was time for me to uh, i need to you know, change things sort of reinvent myself and go back to the drawing board and and the biggest thing for me i think is uh it's just sticking to a plan you know structure more structure more planning and uh, obviously before i man we didn't have a lot of time to do that uh, these things do take time and it was a process but uh this week you know i've been sitting down planning out some uh you know the whole season and the next couple of years, and ready to to kick into it. Um, you know, the next few weeks. So, so in the past, were you kind of not? This is like kind of running around like a headless chook. Like, were you just there was kind of going from one thing to the next? Yeah, I think you. Uh, you know, obviously, I did some work that worked fine in Canada and some other races, and and uh, you, sometimes you go back and try and do that, and it doesn't work. So you can change this and you don't give it time and then that doesn't work you have another bad race so you, you keep changing things you don't give you don't, don't give your body time to adjust or yeah. Um, yeah, you keep trying to do new things instead of just going back to the basics for you as a pro what kind of what kind of trainer are you are you, are you the kind of guy who just does lots and lots of hours or do you go for more short intense training uh, no I've definitely become I, I used to be just you know more is better yeah. <laughs> as you do when you're young yeah. um, but uh, no I've definitely become much smarter and you know starting to really read and learn my body and know what works for me and what doesn't work and and know that it's a you know there's a period and a time to, to put in some big miles but it's then there's, there's time for quality work as well and what's that like? You know, like as an athlete, I know I probably I was probably guilty of doing too much training. You know, what's it like to go from doing the lots to the more intense stuff? Um, yeah, it's different. But I mean, the more intense stuff, obviously, you don't have to be doing the six, seven hour bike rides all yeah. the time. So uh, you know, you get a bit more time. But uh, you know, the intensity work it definitely uh, definitely knocks you around. You know, you're a bit more tired and need more sleep and rest to recover from it. And when you do your intense work, do you do it by yourself or you go out with training partners? Uh, 
Yeah, it all depends. Usually you do the, me personally, the longer stuff with people, but when you do your sessions, they're quite specific to the work that you need. So a lot of the time, you know, it's hard to do it with other people. They're yeah. doing different pacing or different different types of sets. Yeah. So, uh, so your big your big races, obviously, Canada was pretty impressive. What what was it like doing that day? Uh, Canada, yeah, I, it's probably uh, this was the one I mean where it just it was just a perfect day. Uh, everything flowed nice, and it was it was almost effortless. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, I still <laughs> still periods where I hurt, but yeah. it, it just seemed to. I was focused for eight eight and a half hours, and and uh, yeah, just went through the day, just went through the motions, and and uh, yeah, got to the got to the finish line. And I mean, it was that last few hundred meters, you know, it's the most uh, incredible feeling. Really, was just over the moon. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, I reckon. Do um. What are you thinking about the changes that they're making to the pros right now in, in the sport? You know, there seems to be, um, it's, it's probably a little bit clearer for you pros, but is it making it easier or is it making it a little bit harder to actually, you know, make a living in this pretty tough sport? Uh, definitely, it's, uh, you know, that is making it, making more money for themselves all the time. And, and, really, uh, really? So that's how you guys feel? Or is this how right, you feel? No, it's how they all feel, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's how it is, it's the truth of it. It's um, some rich race directors out there, you know, overseas, some of those. American uh, American directors, but uh, it's just yeah. I was talking to a couple of guys this morning who have just signed up for races, and one of them uh, he he got an appearance fee of uh, in 2000, 2000 US in his first year uh, at one of the races, and this year he's been uh, offered five hundred dollars. So, so it's going um, down. It just seems to be going down, and yeah. <laughs> but there's I guess there's so many uh, new races starting up at the moment too. So. Like do you do you, you know like as a as an athlete do you try to go towards you know like we had Abu Dhabi um, a couple of weeks ago like do you do you kind of think well maybe I do want to move away more from the WTC races and support like the challenges and the Abu Dhabis and you know the um, the one that started up in America I can't remember the zero whatever it is you know to maybe see that they can add some competition or do you just basically go this is the race I want to do No I think. Uh you know, there is lots of new series and some of these big new races have got big prize money coming into them and at the end of the day you know we don't make a lot of money uh, you know it's not like golf or tennis is it yeah. so um, yeah, you, know, you, do, you, do, you do have to follow some of the money some of the money races uh, especially if you don't have huge sponsors behind you yeah. Um, and yeah some of these new series are really putting their hand up and, and offering some some good prize money and a couple of the the new series coming in trygrandprix.com are, are really uh, their focus is all about uh, serving the pro pro athletes um, oh, really you know, really taking care of them looking after them with uh, all the finer details yeah. which uh, you know it's nice it's nice to, to know that someone out there that you know starting to think for the athletes like that yeah yeah what about 70.3 you're going to do much of that yeah I mean I, I haven't I've raced a lot of the, a lot of the 70.3s um, and I think you need to sort of find a series too that that suits you, and, and maybe stick with one, sort of back it, support it. Yeah. Um, I haven't, you know, confirmed my race plans yet. We'll confirm those in the next couple of weeks, but I'll, I'll definitely do one or two seventy point threes this year. Yeah, it's just it's a, well, if you can place, it's an easy way to make money, isn't it? Without kind of killing the body. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I think there's twenty something seventy point three races this year. There's, uh, there's so many of them, but I, you know, I personally like to see less races and maybe more prize money at, you yeah. know, at a certain few. 
And what about the rules have changed with regards to, you know, uh, one one fee for the year, you know, yeah. unlimited races for that? Is it, do you feel that's a better thing or...? Uh, <laughs> I guess if, um, for, for some, for, for a pro who had to pay entries to their races, yeah, I guess it works well for them because they pay one fee and yep. they can race as many races as they want. But for, for the pros that were sort of more on the, the topper level that got free entries and, and got, uh, you know, accommodation and got appearances and things, yeah. then, uh, no, it's not so good for them because they, they've cut out all of those things. So. Oh, so they're even cutting back on, like, appearance fees and stuff and, and accommodation yeah. and everything? Yeah, yeah from, from what I understand, yeah. Oh, jeepers, creepers. So, so in that case, then, you know, you, you look at your sport and, you know, you're probably max you're going to do maybe three, four Ironmans a year. Um, when it comes to sponsorship, what do you do to get, you know, the income coming in? You know, because you obviously need to find other um, revenues of income coming in. What, what, how do you approach that and what do you do to make that more successful in that area? Can you repeat that one? So, you know, like, how do you get it so that you can get the sponsorship coming in on board? Um, I obviously the last two years it's been a, it's been really really tough, especially in in New Zealand with uh, the way the well the world really with the yeah. way the economic climate's been and and uh, you know sponsorship seems to be uh, one of the first things that big corporates and companies have have cut back on. Yeah. Um. So it's been really really tough. Because uh, it's, it's you know it's always easy to get some gear, isn't it? But bloody money's yeah a product you know yeah um, products you know I guess. Is, is not so hard. It's uh, it's getting near the financial support and sponsors. That's that's really really hard. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it's about um, you know, a lot of it having the right contacts. I guess uh, knowing some people and, and corporate companies that are interested in our sport and the fitness market, and yeah. and then uh, you know trying to put something to them, put something to them, you know, so they can uh, buy into you. And then once you've got a sponsor, I think the biggest thing is. Uh, you, know, you treat that sponsor, do everything you can to look after them and and uh, give back to them and, and try and try and keep them. I noticed you've been working with Bevan McKinnon, McKinnon, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, quite a lot. So, what, what's the role he's he's bringing to what you're doing? Uh, you know, I just hooked up with Bevan uh, recently, last few months, just uh, helping me a lot with uh, just planning and and putting things in the right areas at the right at the right times. Um, and you know, it says a whole idea to to race to a planet. I'm and uh, you know, I'm I'm not the easiest person in the world to to sort of to, to, well, to coach or anything like that. And so is, is uh, it, I don't is listen it like to a lot of people. Is it more just no, 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 just um, you know, lots of input and, and uh, guidance and stuff. Uh, not not coaching as such. Um, but that's uh, that's something you know. We also we both want to head into. I want to head into a bit of a triathlon sort of coaching and yep. over the next, the next year or two as well and and uh, be good to join up with Bevan with that yep so so ultimate future mate like um, you know you're what you see you must be 27, 28 now yeah yeah 28 yep um <clears throat> You know, obviously moving forward, you've, you've got a big career in front of you. You know, you, you've got wicked talent and, you know, you're, you've proven with some pretty good results over the time. And obviously you're in a transition period now in the way you're treating the race. But, you know, where, where is your ultimate future? Uh, in terms of race distance? Or yeah, or just in terms of your career. Like if, if five years, ten years from now, if you could look back, what would you have liked to have achieved? Uh, yeah, I'd definitely want to win when I'm in New Zealand one day. Yep. Uh, you know, and obviously... Cone is the ultimate goal for any Ironman. I think that's serious. You know, you, 
uh, to win that race would be a, a dream come true for most most Ironman athletes. Um, and I plan on uh, I'm not going this year. Uh, give myself you know one more year. I'd like to take a, another Ironman title this year, gain a bit more experience, yep. and then uh, next year I'll start um you know, start the process of going to Hawaii. As I think it is a process. I don't think you can go there straight away and and uh, yeah, look to be right up the top. I think it'll. It'll take a few years of development, and if you look at all the, the best guys in the world there at the moment, they're all 35, 36, so... Yeah, um, yeah, they are, aren't they? They're definitely later in their career. Yeah, so that's, that's why I haven't, you know, haven't gone back yet. I still think there's plenty of time. Do, um, do... Have you been ever? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Second Ironman I ever did this, uh, 2004. In oh, that's your I did it, with that bloody yeah. wind, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a bit naive back then. I did Ironman New Zealand and got a Kona slot. I was like, wow. <laughs> Went to Kona and then found out oh, why it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a pretty tough year. I think, I think it was extra hard that year. Hey, um, what else was I going to say? Um, so then, so obviously, you'd like to do well in Kona would be, you know, kind of a pretty cool achievement. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Maybe the ultimate goal. Who do, who do you like as an athlete? You know, like as the competitors around the world, it's, it's one of the downfalls of the sport. Is you, you don't really get other than doing Kona, you don't get a chance to, you know, race against other athletes that much. But who, who do you really admire as the athletes out there right now? Um, you know, and I, you know, I'm a big big Macca fan. You know, Chris McCormick. Uh, I just love uh, love his attitude towards the sport and 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 just in, in general, you know, he puts it out there, which a lot of people don't like. Yeah. You know, he talk, talks it up, a lot of people don't like that, but he backs it up most of the time as well. Yeah, he's got a big, big, big game both ways. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, you know, he likes to make it fun. You know, he likes to get in press conferences and put pressure on people and, and talk it up a bit, but like, you know, boxers do, you know. I know yeah. his idol was Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. And he, you know, he likes to put a bit of that into into triathlon, and, and a lot of triathletes are, are too secure, and they don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they just start giving a, a bit of cheek here and there. They uh, they take it too seriously. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, you know he doesn't, and like I say, he backs up most of what he says. Yeah, you actually worked with Mecca for a while, didn't you? Like I remember. Yeah, yeah. Did you get yep. second at road or third at road? Uh, third. When you got third at road, you were working with him around that time, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's been good to me, you know. And, I still, you know, if I need ideas or anything, I flick him an email and he'll give me his thoughts. Eh? And it's easy to to listen to stuff that comes from someone who you know, has been good themselves as yeah. well. What, what's he like to train with? Uh, he trains very, um, not not really scientific, not like, uh, you know, obviously Crowley's um, another big one at the moment. Yeah. And he's, he's very particular about things, whereas Mac is a bit more laid back and... And just gets out there and does it, has fun and enjoys yeah. it. Yeah. And anyone else you really admire at the moment? Um, I mean, like, you know, you've got to admire Crowley. You know, the guy's uh, incredible the way he just backs up races after races. Yeah, it's consistent. Um, amazing, eh? So, races are so calculated. And, and I have always had respect for Cameron. Um, but every year I race him, I get more respect, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if the world champs, many people have said it had been on uh, on the New Zealand course, he'd have more than one world title. Yeah. You know, on that course, uh, he's he's a machine. He's he's uh, you know, he's won the race all different ways and under different pressures. And you know, this year when you're eight and a half minutes down on Terenzo, um, you know, it's got to be pretty scary. Yeah. The, uh, I guess I guess this year racing, I I saw the race from a different different angle. Um, and and saw how controlled he was. He didn't panic, and and uh, you know just showed his class again. 
Yeah. Was it was it a little bit disheartening with the numbers of pros in New Zealand? Like, um, there was a significant drop, and I know most of the guys who turn up normally are second tier and uh, haven't really got a realistic chance of getting podiums. But did it still feel funny, or was it didn't really matter? Yeah, no, it definitely felt funny. You know, I think uh, us, us boys had a bit of a joke at swimming one morning eh, that we we could go have our race this Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just the training day. So yeah, it's definitely. Um, I guess it's definitely a bit sad, but. It's, it's the way it is. Uh, you know, the races don't pay don't pay big enough appearance fees now to bring these guys out here. It's such a long way for the Europeans and things to come. Yeah, it's their winter, uh, and you know why travel halfway across the world for X dollars when there's so many races so close to them now. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't really make sense. And and I think Cameron scares a lot of athletes off. Oh, you doing? Um, she puts people off, does it? Yeah, I think uh, you know you get a lot of athletes that want to win an Ironman, and I guess they look and they go, "Well, Cameron's run that race nine times. There must be a reason. Ten, nine times, nine times. Yeah, yeah nine, must eight, be. Nine, 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 yeah. Must be a reason for it. And and if you're after an Ironman win, uh, Ironman New Zealand's probably a tough one to. Yeah, a tough one to pick. It's the same when you know Macca or Crowe turn up to races. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of the time they can scare other athletes off. Yeah. Um, so do you do that? Do you, do you choose a race based on the field, or do you go, no, nah, this is the race I'm going for this year? Uh, I think you have to have a mixture of races during the year where you race in some where you want to make some money, and you know different times of the year where you're not at your peak peak fitness, so you might pick an easier sort of. Field. There's no such thing as an easy race anymore. They've all no. got good athletes, but obviously some races have two or three, four really good athletes, others have ten. Um, but then I think there's times in the year where you have to race the, the best athletes, you know, if you want to. Yeah, because it kind of changes the next level, doesn't well, it? Exactly, and if, you, if you, you've got a dream of winning Kona one day, there's no point in dodging the best athletes in the world because they will turn up there. So. Yeah. Was it... Was it um the fact that Abu Dhabi was on close to New Zealand was that a tough choice for you? You know, because it was a race that was kind of designed for an athlete like you. Yeah. Um, did that appeal to you? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, too. I mean, the race would have suited me perfectly, but obviously it was a no. Well, as a no go this year with uh, getting married and stuff. The, the whole wedding was worked around around I mean, New Zealand. So, <laughs> but it's not. It's definitely a, a race that if it happens again, it would uh, definitely be in my mind anyway. Is there any word on the street that it is going to happen again? Do you know? Uh, no, I'm not sure yet. I think uh, it just depends. Those <laughs> the sheiks and stuff and over in Abu Dhabi, how they feel next year, I think. <laughs> I don't think they struggled with money, mate. I was over there a couple of weeks ago. And oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it isn't a poor place, let's put it that way. Hey, um, one, one thing that you're known for, mate, is your fashion. You, you know, you, you, you've, you've, I love your fashion. I can't deny it because I, I like my fashion. Probably I'm not as fashionable as you are. First of all, what was it like racing with those bloody dreadlocks? I don't know what it's like to race without them, so <laughs> I don't really know any different anymore. Uh, you know, they don't, I don't, yeah, don't really think about them anymore. Obviously, they get a bit wet coming out of the water and a bit heavy to start with, but they tuck up all right behind the behind the helmet, and then I sort of forget about them. But uh, obviously, it's a bit different when you, when you go to, to Kona and places like that. Yeah, because it's a bit wet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you know, they might have to come off. Might have to come off one day soon if I. <laughs> That's a big call, mate. I know how people. I know, yeah, I know. It's a big call, but you committed to your dreadlocks, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And, and also, like I remember seeing you one time. You often wore shorts as well. Like sometimes you wear pants, sometimes you wear shorts. Do, how do you find that? Because I was, I was telling you wearing these Nike, like, long shorts, and I was like, man, that, that's craziness. 
it's my first Ironman, I think first or second Ironman, yeah, I, I just wanted to be, uh, you know, once I got to the run, I wanted to feel more comfortable, just like I was out for a run, so that was the, the choice of wearing the shorts, and I don't like short running shorts, I like the longer ones, so, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Now, now you do tri pants? Uh, yeah, yeah, stick to the, the tri pants now. It's, right? it's disappointing, mate, I was hoping for, you know, fashion's first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to win the races too. No, that's true. So, um, uh, oh, no, you say? Hey, I was going to say, you wouldn't want to be the Anna Corner Cove or a triathlon. No, you wouldn't want to. You have got some wins. I don't think she would yeah, win, yeah. so, you know, I don't think you've got that problem. Um, but I do think in a way that for you, when it comes to marketing yourself, definitely having a different look doesn't necessarily hurt. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, when people are looking to take on an athlete for, you know, marketing, etc., they they'd like to have someone that offers something different as well. So, um, you know, having having dreads and being a bit fashionable, bringing some fashion to the sport, I guess it uh, gives a different angle of marketing. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, winnings, um, you know, winnings my market you know it's, yep. you win races you're going to get sponsors it's, it's, uh, it's probably the easiest way to, to get sponsors is uh, win races rather than you know worrying too much about what you look like hey mate don't worry I'm, I'm liking the fashion don't worry about that I'm giving you the outs <laughs> on the fashion hey so uh, so you're saying you haven't really planned your year You've, you're kind of looking forward to uh, over the next couple of weeks sitting down and writing a plan um, do you obviously want it to be a pretty big year yeah, I, the one race I had planned, I do, I'm going to get that time in Canada. Oh, great. End of August. Uh, you know, it's where I won my first time in, so the course really suits me, so I'd like to go back there and, and get another win. They, they say it's a pretty, like, amazing, beautiful course. Is it true? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great course. It's, uh, it's sort of like a, a Queenstown, really. A big lake runs through the middle of the, this little town, sort of mountains around it, and yep. yeah, one big loop on the bike rolls up over a couple of mountain passes. And, it's a good, honest ride. Yeah, you know, really nice ride, and the run just runs along the lake. Yep. I um I, I thought I'd just finish off the interview, mate. I actually once wrote a song about you, so uh, it was called High Risk Racer. So uh, I, I won't I won't sing it to you or anything, but uh, it was yeah, it was. I might send you through the words. I think you'll like it. So oh. <laughs> you inspired my musical side of me, mate. So I thought I'd let you know there. <laughs> Don't worry, it wasn't a love song. Let's just, just get there right now. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for your time today, mate. And, and it's good to see you know you're obviously uh, taking it to the next level with your training, and you're you're obviously a really talented athlete. And look forward to watching what happens over the next couple of years. You know, with this kind of shift in thinking for you, because uh, you got the goods, and it'd be just you know great to see that consistency coming through in your racing, eh? Cool. Yeah, thank you. Good to talk to you. And do you have a, do you have a website you want to plug? Uh, yeah, just www.doughboy.co.nz. And, and any sponsors you want to plug? Yeah, I've actually uh, just uh, just signed up with uh, Orbea Bikes. Oh, great! Um, re-signed with Profile again, Profile Design, and and uh, with Ends uh, Power Bars too. Oh, good yeah, really good. Yeah, good. Yep. Good. So, um, no, I've got a few new ones on board, which is good. Good times. Yeah. Hey, mate. Well, thanks for your time today, and uh, we'll get you back on the show sometime in the future. Yeah, yeah cool. Cool, thanks, mate. Cool, so that's both the interviews of both the boys today. We're pretty much going to wrap the show up now, but before we do, our sponsors. Um, I got this email through from Albert this week giving us a hard time about how we enunciate all the words for the coffees of Hawaii and Kona. And um, 
I'm going to leave it till next week because it gives us a pretty hard time. And you know what? I know my reading's not the greatest, but I think John's going to take a bit of responsibility for this one as well. You know, if you're thinking about getting some coffee, you know, and you want to support the show and Albert, um, obviously Coffees of Hawaii is the place to go. They deliver a great product. Um, we get so many emails from people, and, and obviously Albert does as well, from people who just love the product that they deliver. And... Um, if, you know, like if you think about how much coffee you drink every day of your life, and I'm pretty sure most of us drink a lot of coffee, um, why wouldn't you drink great stuff? And they do the recurring payments so you can get that sorted out so it comes along every time. And, you know, once again, go to Coffee Savoy, find out some coffees you like. And again, if you're unsure of what, what flavor you're going to like, email them because they're really great at responding and they'll give you some ideas on what kind of coffee you'll like based on what you're drinking now so check out coffees of hawaii because they've been the longest support of am talk and we love the crap out of them the next place we always want you to head out is uh check out is athlinks.com now i actually had a guy from the gym a guy called jared who i'm never sure if it's jared or gerald so i'm gonna ask you that on wednesday but um he was saying he was listening to the show and he's got a little sports club he's trying to think about putting athletes on and I was saying to him I, I, he probably wants to do a bit, more, a bit more research but it seems like a pretty great place if you've got a club as a way to communicate with everybody within your club to make sure that we can all keep online with the same kind of thinking send out a message everyone gets it you can put the maps of the runs on athletes you can see who's going to be racing in this week's weekend's race if everyone joins up so it makes the management for those small clubs just so much easier. And when you think about people who work in small sporting clubs, it's 99% of the time it's volunteer work. And so the, the the website of it, most people aren't that geeky, so most people don't know how to set up websites and stuff. And Athlinks just takes all that work away from you. So if you have got a sports club and you want to, you know, it could be a kid's sports club, it could be your tri-club or anything like that, and you want to find a good way to coordinate everyone within that club, Athlinks is the perfect answer. So check it out. Go on Athlinks, look at how their club selection works and get your club involved so that you can communicate with them better and also support another great friend of the show. Uh, that's pretty much this week's show. Um, there's not much goss really. John's gone away for this romantic weekend and I'm, I'm left on my lonesome. The good news is that I am away for a romantic weekend next weekend. I'll go to a place called Terrace Downs, which is about an hour out of Christchurch. It's a beautiful resort. Um... We managed to get a deal because I don't like spending lots of money, but we managed to get a pretty good deal on a room for three nights. So it's Easter weekend, um, so that's pretty cool. And other than that, there's not much real goss. Um, I would like to know what your favourite Easter eggs are, but maybe we'll talk about that in next week's discussion because I, I am partial to a few cream eggs and I do like this Easter time for it, the fact that I allow myself to eat so much chocolate. So I am looking forward to the chocolate this weekend on my romantic weekend and I'm pretty sure Joe will too. But other than that, we'll, uh, we'll rock on and thanks for Cam and Kieran for being on the show today and we'll be back on the show with our normal format next week. I'm Russ. I'm in Don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.